This Joe Theismann edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Vegas may be closed, but the casino at MyBookie is open 24/7. Use the promo code SGP for up to $1,000 in free play action. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Madden Mayhem, our Madden simulation tournament, where we're giving away $10,000 in MyBookie credits to the winners with the best brackets. Plus, prop bets and live in-game wagering on all the action. Get all the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden. Finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. You're listening to the Sports Gambling Podcast. Exclusively on SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking that money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. Happy Thursday, Sean. It is an awesome uh, Thursday. Indeed. Joining us in studio, third man in the booth, Colby Dan, AKA the Danta base. What's up guys. I didn't even know it was Thursday with the exception of DJ madness, right? No, Madden, may, may Jesus, Jesus, you DJ know I mean. Madness is a great name. Yeah. We've yes. been making yeah. that mistake. It's okay, but it's Madden Man. <laughs> I knew that football too. <laughs> is back. But I mean, my football juices are flowing. We we're hours away from the kickoff of Madden Mayhem. Can't wait, Bart Scott voice. And uh, we just recorded an awesome interview with Joe Theismann. I mean, it, it was. I think it's. Don't want to hype it up too much, but one of our better yeah. celebrity interviews all time. He was a great character, and it was just awesome. A lot of good laughs in there, man. A lot of good laughs. Yeah, I mean, considering he was a Redskin, I'd say ten out of ten. Yeah, I didn't even let my hate of the Redskins <laughs> yeah. bleed well, into the interview. Well, he's from Jersey, but also <laughs> we we all know, like, and it, true NFC East fans of the teams that aren't named the Redskins all feel bad for the Redskins. Maybe Cowboys <laughs> fans hate it. That most of us feel bad for them. I think it's it been depends a the age they, group because the Redskins were nasty for a while. It's there. been a little yeah. while. Yeah. It's been a little while. But yeah, it was a it was an awesome interview. Can't wait to kick it over there. But again, check out uh, Madden Mayhem sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden. And before we talk to Joe Theismann, just gonna give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor of the Sports Gambling Podcast. That of course is mybookie.ag. Your home for Madden Mayhem. Plenty of uh, bets over there. Prop bets, future bets, in-game wagering, prop. I mean, just anything you would have bet on in Madden Mayhem. MyBookie.ag has you covered. Plus, UFC is back right around the corner. Next week, UFC pay-per-view returns, and of course, the MyBookie.ag casino open 24/7. Place your bets, please. Blackjack, craps. They got blackjack free blackjack tournaments. Again, no reason 
just because you're in quarantine, but just because you're sheltering in place doesn't mean that place shouldn't be uh, a place filled with you stacking tons and tons of cash. NFL win totals are out and available over at my bookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP for up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's my bookie.ag promo code SGP play, win and get paid. Joining us on the line, Super Bowl champ quarterback for the Washington Redskins, Joe Theismann. Joe, thanks for calling in. Appreciate the time. How you? Uh, how you My getting pleasure, through? Guys. Oh yeah, appreciate it. Uh, I'm assuming you were pretty excited to watch the virtual draft. Oh, I couldn't wait. I mean, it was uh, actually I, I was excited to be honest with you. I I found it to be very interesting. I thought it really went off with very few hitches, and the, the one element I really liked was uh, they had cameras in so many of the guys' houses. You could see the reactions of the family. And, you know, I think it really, I think, humanized a, a lot of a game that's, that's tough at times. But I, I got a chance to, I got a really, I got a chance to, it reminded me a lot. I got a chance to enjoy it. But it reminded me a lot of when I was drafted. Because back in, you know, 1971, 150,000 years ago, <laughs> um, they didn't, you didn't have the, the circus that they have now. You didn't have, you know, people in the stands. And theoretically, a lot of these guys would have still been in school yeah. uh, during the draft too. And, you know, I mean, I was, I remember, shoot, I was sitting in our public relations director's office, Roger Valdeseri at Notre Dame. And uh, you get all these phone calls. It's really crazy. People will tell you, Hey, if you're around in the first round, we're going to draft you. If you're around in the second round, I remember the Eagles telling me they were going to be interested in me. The Cowboys were interested in me, the Giants, <laughs> and and you, you get all of your hopes built up, and then you sit there, and round one goes by, and you go, oh, okay, all right, I can deal with this. Round two goes by, it's like, oh, you know, things ain't going like I thought, and then round three goes by, and it's like, I said, screw it. I, I'm going. So I told Roger, I said, I'm going to play basketball. If anybody wants me, call me. <laughs> so I went and, and that's, and that's what I did. I just took off and I went and played basketball for, you know, until the Miami dolphins drafted me in the fourth round. And then uh, I, I was excited. I was, I was excited and disappointed at the same time, if you can believe that. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize you were actually drafted by the dolphins and then uh Things didn't work out with the Dolphins. You ended up going and playing for the Toronto Argonauts for three seasons. And Sean, one quick thing to note: back then there were seventeen rounds in the NFL draft, <laughs> so you could have been waiting around a while. Oh yeah, I know. I would have been. You know, I, I mean, it, we've seen some of the pictures of some of these guys, like you know, Aaron Rodgers waiting as late as he went. And I guarantee you, people told him, "Hey, if you're if you're going to be around, you're a top ten pick." And then all you see, what happens is people get in your head. And all of a sudden you, you get this idea that this is what's going to happen. And this is where you're going to go. And you know, you're so young, you don't know it's a game for them. You know, it's, it's, well, we think we're going to take this guy and just sort of throwing up a smoke screen to try and maybe go in a different direction. And you wind up being the one uh, in the middle of it. But yeah, I spent, I spent three years in Toronto. I loved every minute of it. And then you kind of, you kind of did end up becoming a first round pick because the re- the Redskins gave uh gave the dolphins a first round pick to get your rights to play quarterback, but you ended up uh, starting out the season as a punt returner. How did that happen? Well, I spent my first two years as a punt returner with the Redskins. I came to town. There's I, I, 
I've got a book coming out called How to Be a Champion Every Day. You can get it on, you can pre-order now online. It comes out. Matter of fact, I'm getting the first copies of it on Monday, but it'll be out uh, June 16th. And in this time when we're stuck at home, I, I hope people get a chance to enjoy it. But um, one of the things I did is I, I tell the story about uh, George Allen. Um, in 1974, when I got when I got joined the Redskins, I came to town. Billy Kilmer was there established. Sonny Jurgensen was there established. All the family. And I came to town and said, hey, I, I didn't come here to sit. I came to play. Well, that sort of upset them. <laughs> And, and, and then I started doing a, and then I started doing a TV show critiquing games that, that didn't go very well. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I wrote a book on quarterbacking, having never played quarterback in the National <laughs> Football League, <laughs> because I wrote, I wrote one in Canada based on a, a goaltending book uh, by Jacques Plot. And you, people who are listening, you can go Google his name because you'll have no idea who he is. <laughs> But he was a gold. It was a goaltender for the Toronto Maple. I believe it's Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, or no, the uh, Toronto. Yeah, the Maple Leafs. So, um, so I, I come to town and I'm doing all these things. And Billy and Sonny absolutely hate me. <laughs> yeah, and, you're, and you're writing then, books as a backup. <laughs> oh yeah, I just thought you know why not? Well, so uh, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you another story. So uh, I, this is part of it. So Billy and see Billy ran the offense that Coach Allen wanted run. Ted Marchabroda was our offensive coordinator. And, uh, Sonny just threw it all over the park. Sonny had the most beautiful delivery and he'd step to the left and then belly of his would go out and boy, that ball would just float through the air. Like, like a dove getting ready to, to take off and fly. I asked him one day, I said, Sonny, how do you throw the ball so beautifully? He says, well, you know, he had a, he's from North Carolina. He says, well, Joe, you know, so I picked the ball up, I put my fingers on the laces and I let it go. <laughs> I thought, wow, I just heard from the Dalai Lama of past. <laughs> Very um, Zen. <laughs> But so, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing and I want to play. And I actually started, people don't realize this. I returned punts my first seven games at the university of Notre Dame as a sophomore. I was a punt returner there uh, until Terry Hanratty got hurt. And then I wound up starting the last three games of my sophomore year and the, my junior and senior year. So uh, it, it wasn't alien to me at all. And I would go out and practice. I would for a half an hour after practice, I would catch the ball in front of me. I catch it behind me. And so we're playing the giants at our place. And, uh, we, George Allen had, he had a guy by the name of Herb Mulkey. Now George used to hold these like four or 500 player tryouts and he would find one or two guys and Herb was really fast. So he was our kick returner. He got hurt. Uh, Kenny Houston, the hall of fame safety was the other returner. He got hurt. So I'm standing next to George on the sidelines. And we have a special teams coach by the name of Paul Lanham. And I'm standing there and, all of a sudden, Kenny goes down. So I, I walked up to George and I was sort of out of his vision a little bit. And I said, Hey coach, Kenny's hurt. Want me to return punts? So he waves his hand, says, go ahead. So I go running by him. He turns to land and he says, what's he doing out on the field? <laughs> he said, you sent him in to return punts. He said, well, I get him out. Well, once I crossed the line and George was the kind of person, if you could prove something to you, he'd believe in you. And, uh, and he hated rookies. He hated young guys. I mean, he, that, you look at his history with veterans. I mean, that's all he had because he believed that if you didn't make mistakes, you could win more games than if you lose them. And that, that actually applies today. Matter of fact, I always thought the game that would have pleased him most would have been a two, nothing football game that the Redskins would have won. That means the defense would have scored and the offense didn't screw up. And that would have been, that would, that would have been Nirvana for him. So that's actually how I wound up on the field as a punt returner. I did that for two years, 74 and 75. 
It's crazy to imagine a quarterback now actually returning punts. Well, and, re- and returning punts back again back then was, I mean, God bless you. Boy, <laughs> that, that is a dangerous profession. Well, you know, Doug Flutie did it. You know, Doug Flutie did it in a in an exhibition game. Doug and I are really close friends, and we laugh all the time. And uh, and Doug says, "I don't know how you did it, man." I said, "Well, you know, I just I just wanted to go out there and be on the field. I was." I was more quick than fast. I mean, I wasn't slow, but I was more quick than fast. So I could, you know, I could make people miss for 12, 15 yards. I mean, I almost have a 10 yard average. I so think, I think, I think the first year you, you, you were in the top 15 or 16 in the NFL for all the returners for the year. <laughs> I mean, that's just Isn't amazing. That Joe. <laughs> I, I don't think you realize, like I stumble upon this thing and I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, that's the greatest yeah. a- achievement. An MVP quarterback who returns punts let alone also uh, wearing a one bar face mask. May I, may I throw that in there too? The last quarterback or the last non kicker punter, I think to wear the one bar face mask. We're talking to Joe Theismann, yep. I think, right. Was, is that accurate? I was grandfathered in. Yeah. I was grandfathered in uh, as a, as a non kicker to be able to wear a single bar face mask. And people will ask me why. And there's actually two reasons. One, I, I explained to him is, and it's true. When I handed off the double bar, just bothered my vision. I was very finicky. I didn't want anything on my right elbow or my right wrist. I'd wear an elbow pad on my left or a wristband on my left, but I didn't want, I didn't want anything on my right. I didn't like the ball tacky or sticky. Remember back then the guys like Belitnikov, um, Lem Barney, they all wore, they all had stick them and the, the ball would get sticky and it was just a pain in the neck to deal with. So that was one reason visual. The other thing was Billy and Sonny both wore single bars. Now, what would I have looked like if I wore a, a double bar Soft. with these two guys, these, you know, these icons wearing single bars. So part of it was vanity. The other part of it was vision, <laughs> vanity and vision. Do you, could you imagine if you had to pick one quarterback now in the modern game uh, to return punts, who would you go with? Kyler Murray. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, yeah. I'd say right now, I think he's, you know, he's quick enough and fast enough. And it seems like when he's, when he's in the shotgun and drops back, it seems like he's on a punt return anyway. I mean, he's got, he's got so many people running at him all the time. It is like he's on a punt return. And you know, that's one of the areas I think Arizona has to fix is their offensive line, but uh, he's, he's quick enough. I think he'd be quick enough to be able to do it. Yeah. I'd so st- real quick. Can I, I throw a dark, my dark horse for that? Mitchell Trubisky doesn't have to throw the forward pass when he's returning punts. So. <laughs> it's cruel. I would you still guys. pay heavy money to see Peyton Manning or Tom Brady return a punt, man. Oh man. No, you know, that's not well, fair. You know I'd pay heavy money to see him catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, maybe they would have had a chance of beating the Eagles there in the super bowl. If Brady could have oh, came oh, in. Oh, oh. Let me just, let me just say this guys. That's why they invented the fair catch okay? <laughs> <laughs> because those two would be smart enough to do it. Hey, isn't it neat to both of them? They're going to play a little exhibition with Phil and tiger. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom and Peyton are going to play. That's going to be great. Peyton definitely has an advantage because Tom's really been working for a living yeah. for the last three, right. four years. Right. And Peyton's been working on his game. So uh, I'm looking forward to that too. Well, and, and transition into Brady, what do you think about uh Brady going down to the bucks? You of course, Won a Super Bowl with the same team, stuck with them the entire uh, your entire career there in the NFL. What do you think about Brady's choice to go down to Tampa Bay and give it another run down there? I think it's I think it's great. I think it is. I mean, you know, Tom's going to be considered the greatest to ever play the game, and I hear people make that statement, and I do 
But I'll give you a reason because, you know, back when we played in the eighties, when you had Joe Montana and myself and guys like that, we had the same team around us for a lot of years. Tom has been dealing with a turnstile of people at every position on the offensive side of the ball. And they're still the best team in the, in the AFC or pretty darn close to it. And so, you know, and he's the reason why. Yeah. Me and me and Sean argue all the time. You know, he's, he's a Brady guy. I'm an Elway guy, but you make a fair point. They were plugging in people left and right nonstop. Um, so I guess that settles. Uh, we got one <laughs> professional's opinion, yeah. one well, MVP. You know, well, the thing is, is, is think, think of, look at the teams that, I mean, look at the teams that Joe was on, John was on, you know, uh, green Bay with Brett. I mean, when you talk about guys at the elite level, like where, where Tom lives and Peyton lives, and, and Peyton was the same way in Indianapolis for all those years. You know, they had, you had that same group of people around them and there's a familiarity and there, you didn't, you didn't have free agency. So you weren't losing guys to big numbers or they could afford to keep uh, two or three quality players and you build around it. Yeah. And in Tom's case, it's like, and, and I thought, I thought he would stay in New England Patriots. I thought Gronk was going to come back at the end of the year last year. And, you know, they'd ride in on their horses together and, and save the day. And, uh, and now that he's down in, in Tampa with Tom, I think Tom just feels uh, a degree of comfort, obviously with him and uh, a degree of confidence. I will say this, Tom Brady will do exactly the same thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Peyton Manning did for the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. with possibly the same result. And that is raise the amount of raise the level of accountability to everybody in that building. I'm not just talking about the guys on the field. I'm talking about the coaches. I'm talking about the, the, the staff. I'm talking about the scouts. I'm talking about everybody that's associated with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have their game raised because of the presence of Tom Brady. It was the same thing in Denver when John brought uh, Peyton in because you know, you're throwing Tom Brady's throwing a pass to me and I drop it. I feel bad. Yeah. You don't want to disappoint. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to disappoint him. I I, got to ask you this though, Joe, like Dan Marino recently said in an interview that in today's NFL, he thinks he could throw for 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns in a season. What do you think about that? Like, like the game has changed so much, especially if he was, especially if he was calling his own plays. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, shoot, (laughs) you know, I might even throw for (laughs) 5,000. But no, I, I just think that I think with the way the game is and where we have evolved to, um, and really the open-mindedness of somebody like Andy Reid, you know, loves to throw it around. Mike McCarthy loved to throw it around. You know, Mike down in Dallas now, um, they, they like to put the ball in the air. And I, I still believe that running the football is, is, and that was a big part of the Super Bowl. And Patrick did a fantastic job coming back. But you look at the Kansas City's running game, that was important. Um, and, and so I think that I don't think 60 would be out of, out of the reach, but I think you could average what 60, what's that? Four, yeah, four, it's a, like game. four a game. Yeah. Four a game. That's pretty simple. I mean, with, with the rules that they have strapped on the defensive side of the ball, guys can't be touched. You can't touch a quarterback. Um, you know, you, you nuzzle somebody, you get a PI. That, that's the thing that amazes me at the college level real quick to just look at another. I see quarterbacks throw the ball on goes out of bounds. 
And I'm thinking, who's coaching you? <laughs> all you need, all, all you need to do is throw the ball up in the air high. Okay. If you get a single receiver side where a safety can't get over and make a play on it, you throw the ball high in the air. The receiver has an unbelievable advantage. All you need to do is slow down a little bit. He'll run over you the ball, and just keep the ball in bounds. I watch these kids throw the ball today and I'm thinking, you just, you, you might as well not even have called that play. <laughs> if you're going to throw it out of bounds, don't waste your time on it. Hand it to somebody because you get more yards out of it than you would throwing it out of bounds. I just, I, I just, I scratch my head and go, why would you, why would somebody do that? First of all, I would be upset with somebody who did it all the time. Uh, but secondly, you know, it's like, Hey, don't throw the ball out of bounds. The guy's six foot four. I got a six foot four wide receiver. I got a five foot 10 inch defensive back. Let's throw it out of bounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of jump, sense. jump ball. You either, right? you either yeah, get a play on the exactly. ball. Exactly. You either, you either get a PI, you get a catch, or you get an incompletion. You throw it out of bounds. They get a souvenir. <laughs> Well, uh, moving over to you, uh, your Redskins. I know you were you were all in for the uh, Chase Young pick there at number two. How yeah. excited should uh, Redskins fans be for this D end? I think it's. I think he's he's just something special. You know, he's coming home back to the D.C. area um, with Jack Del Rio now as the defensive coordinator. You you add a defensive end, which is really he's going to play in a four three defense. This was, this was the big whole thing with Albert Hainsworth. When the Redskins signed Albert and he was at the end at Tennessee, he came to Washington thinking he would be a two gap defensive end. Well, that wasn't going to be the case under Haslett, but you know, he was, wasn't interested in listening to anybody. He just wanted to fight with, with Mike Shanahan. And I want to <laughs> tell you something that is a war. He was never going to win. All right. Never. Not in a million years was he ever going to win that one. But I think chase fits right into what the Redskins want to do conceptually. I mean, you look at the front, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Sweat, uh, and Deron Payne. They're all number one picks. Um, but, and then Mike I and I, uh, Matt Ioannidis did a great job. The, the thing that's, you know, and we have Reuben Foster possibly, you know, hopefully coming back from injury again uh, and another year to rehab. So I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a talented front. And there's no question. And we saw what can happen with the talented front. San Francisco, I think, was led by their defense up front. Those, those guys up front were unbelievable. But how well will they play together? That's the key, is, is how will they mesh when it comes to the concepts that Jack is going to present to them? And what kind of work ethic are they going to show? I, I, one, of my, one of the things I love to talk about is, you show me a first-round pick with a sixth-round attitude, and I'll show you a guy with a 12 year career and probably a dozen, half a dozen pro bowls. You show me a first round pick with a first round attitude. I'm going to show you a guy probably out of the game or a backup within three years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, at, switching over to the offense for the Redskins. What do you think Haskins needs to work on here? Transitioning into the second year to kind of really embrace and, and become that franchise quarterback that Redskins fans I'm sure are hoping he becomes. I think he started well, you know, Kyle Allen's there now too. Kyle knows the offense came from Carolina. Scott Turner is the new defensive coordinator. Uh, the offense they run actually is a similar offense to the one that I played in. It's a numbering system versus memorization and concepts. Um, it's easy to pick up. It makes a lot of sense. All you need to know is the numbers from zero to nine and you're ready to go and figure out where people are lined up on the field. That that's in a simplistic way to describe it. 
But I think Dwayne has to continue to grow. What I liked, what I saw last year was he played hurt. He's a tough kid. Football is important to him. He wants to win the job. And then it's going to be a question of execution. Um, And and in, in his defense, the seven games he played, he had no idea what he was looking at on the other side of the ball. Daniel Jones was the same way up in New York. They, any, any rookie that comes out there and you think that they have an idea what they're looking at, you, you have a misconception about the position. I think Dwayne will be much better off. He had a chance to play. He understands how to prepare. He understands how to prepare for a game. I think he and Kyle both wound up starting on um, November 26th, I think was the date. Both of them played in a game on that date. So their, their careers were very similar as far as starters go. Um, I think Dwayne throws the ball down the field. Well, uh, he gets, he gets a little antsy back there. He's not the, you know, he's a big guy, but yet moves pretty well. Um, and he just has to get comfortable with getting the ball out of his hands. You know, quarterback, we're facilitators. That's what we do. We facilitate the ball to the people that have to go and run with it. And that's what you get them in. And you're never going to have everything perfect and you have to be able to make plays. I think, Young quarterbacks today, you look at guys, you have to make two, three plays a game, whether it's on a third down to pick up a first down, whether it's getting loose and hitting a big play, whatever it might be, you need to make two or three plays a game with your legs to give your team a chance to win. I think Dwayne can do that. But I, 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 like, I liked a lot about what I saw, but there is absolutely very little to look at and say that you can evaluate him in a particular way. I still think there's a bright future for him going forward. And you have to sort of understand that it's a learning process. Now coming over from Carolina, he knows the system He and Rivera brought him over. So he, he must enjoy his play and see some potential there. Can you imagine a scenario where Kyle Allen is, is competing for the starting job, especially factoring in the limited off season? I can tell you right now, that's the case. I, it, I forget about foreseeing it. I, absolutely. Every job, when a new coach comes in, you know, Chase Young's going to make the football team. I'll, I'll go out on a limb. I know it's a little crazy. <laughs> look, Captain Obvious here. All right, so I'm going out on a limb. Chase has made the team. So is so is Jonathan. Okay, but it, there's going to be a lot of positions where there's competition. I mean, we really don't have wide receivers. We drafted, you know, we drafted a couple of them. Uh, we drafted uh, Antonio Gandy Golden uh, out of Liberty. I like and of that course, kid. Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. I mean, both both those kids are pretty good the guy that's fascinating to me is Keith uh, Ishmael, the center out of uh, South Dakota, uh, San Diego state. I mean, the kid was, a, he was an Outland trophy well, winner finalist. I mean, you know, the kid was a heck of a center, played a lot of football, played, played all three positions on the, on the offensive line. Um, he, to me is fascinating in, in that we took in the draft, but I believe right from the get go, there will be competition. And, and that's the thing about having a new coach. You, you have to prove to him. It doesn't matter where you were drafted. You know, I mean, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, Joe Montana, third round pick. I was a fourth. You go down the list of guys that weren't one number one picks. And you, you take the success of the guys that were drafted in later rounds and put it up against the guys that were drafted, the success ratio of the guys were drafted in the first rounds, the later rounds, I think outnumber that greatly. But I, I think I think Dwayne has everything. Every Dwayne possesses everything he needs to to be able to win a job, and so does Kyle. And now it's going to be a question of production on the field, which is going to be very difficult to evaluate, because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the league made an announcement I think yesterday or day before that they may start five weeks late. There'll be no buy. We may play late into the year. 
course, that's going to screw up all the other seasons for people. But, you know, football is, I think football, having a chance to have football in this time where we are socially and where we are in this nation is a breath of fresh air. That's what the draft really was, the beginning of football season. And I think, I think we needed it. We needed it. We needed it in this country, uh, whatever form it was going to be in, you know? The reason you can, you know, we needed it badly is, I mean, really, we're reacting to seeing the commissioner, Roger Goodell, someone who's not very popular amongst the fans of the NFL. And yet everyone <laughs> would tell you it was such a great sight to see him out there. Yeah. It really was. And, and I love the fact that he had, he, you know, he had all those pre recruited booze ready for him <laughs> just in case, you know? <laughs> so it's Roger, a little more. Roger wasn't taking any chances that people weren't going to boo. So he pre recorded them. I mean, if you can't make fun of yourself, by golly, who can you make fun? Of? Yeah, I was I was hoping his family would get involved. They would he would bring them down to the basement to boo him. Uh, speaking of the draft, I'm a I'm a huge <laughs> Eagles fan, big Carson Wentz supporter. I really can't wrap my head around the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts at 53. To me, it feels like kind of a wasted opportunity. I would have brought in a vet like uh, Jamison Winston or Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton may be a guy that can teach. Went something uh, as well as upgrading nope. the backup position. What do you think about the Eagles taking Hertz at fifty three? I love that pick. I love the fact that Jameis Winston is in New Orleans. I think Sean Payton's a tremendous play caller. Going to be around Drew. I mean, you talk about a great. You're talking about you know um, somebody coming in to help Carson. How about Drew helping Jameis? I and I, I you know Jalen Hurts to me was a very curious quarterback. If if I'd have based him where he might go in the draft off of his performances at Alabama, I would have said maybe third, fourth round. But he showed great improvement at Oklahoma last year. I thought he threw the ball pretty darn well. He is going to become Tyson Hill. He's going to be the Swiss Army knife for the new, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug is a very creative coach, um, I, and I think you'll see him. You'll see him in different positions. You'll see him catching the ball. Possibly you'll see him running the ball. You'll see him throwing the ball. I, I can see him doing that. I, and I, and I think they believe in his ability enough. And I, and like I said, I saw growth, which is exciting. Yeah. I, I think mean, he could be a good starter. I mean, Jalen could be there three, four years. Carson will still be there doing well. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to look at Carson and say, okay, this is going to be his third contract. Cause he'll have the rookie contract. He'll have his next one. And then all of a sudden it's the third contract. He's into his early thirties. Jalen's been there two, three, four years. And, and somebody says, Hey, we need a quarterback. Cause let me tell you guys, eventually everybody's looking for a quarterback, you know, you get six head coaches. You got everybody moving around. Philip going to Indy, Tom going to Tampa. I mean, everybody's moving all over the place. Nick going, I think Nick's in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Foles. I mean, Foles has become the Sam Bradford of football. Don't play a lot, but make a ton of money. <laughs> well, I would say I, I, we always is, like is that fair. I yeah. Mean, is that fair? I better, love, better I mean, though. Joe, I absolutely love that. I think Sean's going to chime in as an Eagles fan and point <laughs> out that Nick Foles did win a super bowl. Yeah. Sam Bradford no, really, hasn't even won I, a playoff I think, game. I think, but. I think it, I think it's, I think it's great. It's, but, but, but you're, you're hurt so much. You don't get a chance to really play. Yeah. That's really what it is. I mean, that's the same thing with Sam. Sam made well over a hundred million dollars. I mean, they passed a rule in the NFL because of Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
You know, seriously, the, the Sam Bradford rule changed the way rookies are compensated. Every rookie in the National Football League can't like Sam Bradford. <laughs> no. Because he got 50, he got 58 of the 78, I believe, was the number that was guaranteed. And, and, the, and the vets and the National Players, Football Players Association said, whoa, I'm <laughs> we're going to give rookies this kind of money? And we got vets out here? Right. I don't think so. Yeah, actually. And, and I'm, I'm, thrilled for, I'm thrilled for Nick. I mean, great guy. Just a great soldier. I thought I thought they should have given him a big contract in Philly for one more year. Leave him there. Let him back up Carson just in case something happened, and then give Carson a chance to sort of you know get in a groove where he can stay healthy over a, a period of time. But I like you know the Hertz pick to me was I, I wasn't as surprised as watching the Green Bay Packers move up four spots to get Jordan Love. Yeah, that. Shocked. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are theorizing that this is almost a, a power move by LaFleur to Aaron Rodgers saying, Hey, I'm in control. This is, this is my franchise. If you're Aaron Rodgers, what are you thinking when they draft a quarterback and move up uh, uh, to draft especially, a quarterback, especially, especially with so many wide receivers available in the first round, Denzel this Mims. a very heavy wide receiver draft. And that's something Aaron and you know, Aaron got upset when, uh, when Jordy left. Yeah. And wound up in, with the Raiders. I mean, that, that he got mad about that. Um, you know, they've run a bunch of receivers, so that's why I, you know, Aaron has to be considered one of the greatest too because of the changes that he's been going through: offensive line, wide receivers, running backs. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to understand if you're going to get to the playoffs and you're going to compete for a title, that guy and that guy at that position with everything that's going on, it's got to be special, and he is. But I, I think I think Jordan, I think he's a project, and I don't think it's a power struggle. And, and I think it's almost like the guy doesn't, you know, heck he was, he was, he was fourth on a lot of boards, fifth on others and not on some. Um, so to me, it's not a threat. It's, it's the question is not that he's a threat at all to Aaron, but why would you take that quarterback at that spot in the draft and move up to get him when we have, I think, glaring needs as he sees it someplace else. This isn't the first time Aaron's not been happy with the move that management has made. I mean, he's thrown one touchdown pass in his career to a first round pick. And that was Mercedes Lewis. So that that's all you have to know about Aaron Rodgers to see how <laughs> great insane. he was. We're going to look back and be like, that's wow, it. only one super bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and they, it's not like they were far off. They were 13 and three in the NFC championship. <laughs> You you would think you would get a player that can really get you over the hump. Linebacker, there. edge rusher, wide out. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's going to be one of the great stories, or one of the stories that will develop in time in the NFL as to what he's going to be used for. What is what is what is his value? What will be his development? Now, keep in mind, we probably won't see, and I don't know what the preseason is going to look like. I was, you know, I do the Redskin preseason. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be working. I don't know what we're going to have. You have to have something to be able to give the players a chance to get comfortable with the new system. So there has, that's why you have to have preseason games. I mean, the starters don't play in preseason now, and there's four of them. So you constantly wind up in that situation where you say to yourself, what's it going to look like? Oh, my wife just brought me some vanilla Oreos. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. Say hi, Robin. <laughs> hey, Rob. No, you, uh, my wife just said hi, Robin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, He's Robin. I got my Oreos. I'm ready to go. How much oh, longer wow. do we need? Another two hours? Three yeah. hours? <laughs> 
be good to go. <laughs> now there, there, everyone likes to throw out draft grades after the draft. Uh, I know a lot of people are very high on the Cowboys. A draft, the the Ravens were seen as as a team that really had a successful draft. Is there is there a team in your mind that really uh, did a lot to help them in the short term and long term in the draft? I think. I, well, first of all, I think the Redskins did. I, I'll put the Redskins in there. I thought they they added some players in need positions. They're young. I think they needed wide receiver. They needed a tackle with the Trent Williams deal finally going down. Trent, you know, figured out that he wasn't a first round. They weren't going to trade a first or a second for him. And so it, it turned out he's in a he's in a good place in San Francisco with Kyle. And I think he's in a good place, uh, not in the Redskin locker room. There was too much bad blood there. But I thought the Redskins did well. I, I like I like what Baltimore did. I think Baltimore restocked. Um, again, Lamar's development is going to be critical. I I, I I could see him making the strides he made last year. Now it's going to be up to him to make some more. I mean, it's a it's a tight end based offense. Um, he's probably going to still rush for eight nine hundred yards. Wouldn't be surprised, and and he almost has to. Um, it was the number one rushing attack in football. And anytime you have the number one rushing attack, it was the same thing with the Redskins when Robert Griffin was there. You know, your quarterback's going to rush for seven, eight, nine hundred yards. And and you know, I mean, Kyler Murray's going to. I mean, there's so many wonderful stories, guys. Kyler Murray, you know, I, I think he's his size is an issue. Um, now, people have a book on him. I, I'm always curious about the second year a quarterback plays any significant amount in his first year. Because defensive coaches, it's not like college football where you get 20 hours a week and three of it being the game, four of it being a game. So you get 16 hours a week to plan a defense and, and implement it. Our coaches in the NFL, that's a hundred hours a week. They're going to sit down and say, what do you do? Well, what do you don't do well? And we're going to make you try and do the things you don't do well and capitalize on that. So I, I'm going to be curious about exactly What's going to, you know, where, where do people go with that? I mean, I'm, a, I'm already excited about the football season and I, I, I pray for everybody's safety. I think we have to continue to be smart and, and we're at a time right now where everybody's getting antsy. Everybody wants to get out. Everybody wants to get around people. You know, I even listened to some of the governors saying, Hey, look, it's time. We have to take the chance to allow people to go out and live. The businesses have to get back. People have to be able to live you know, what would be, I'm calling a new normal, whatever, whatever it's going to be, but they have a chance. They have to have a chance to live their life being smart. I wear a mask everywhere outside. I mean, it's funny. I, you know, I, I get out, I get out of my car. I go into a fresh market. Okay. There's a sign on the door. Can't enter the building without a mask on. Walk back to my car, go get my mask. It's, you don't think of it, but I'm, you're becoming more and more aware of it. Wash your hands. Do all the things that, that have been asked to do. And, and I, I have to say this. I don't get into politics. The president and the, the team of people that are working on this front, this is, they've never, we've never seen anything like this before. No. There is no book. There is no template that we go and say, well, you know, this happened in whatever year and we've expanded unless this is all new to everybody. And uh, we're, tr we're trying our best as people. And, you know, God love the American people. They aren't stupid. They're smart. We're going to get through this. We're going to be back. It's going to be a different world. It's going to be an exciting world, and it's going to be led by the NFL. You know, we're going to we're going to be the people out. We're going to be the tip of the spear that that socially brings people back out and gives us a chance to be able to laugh and cry and get our emotions involved instead of being at home 
polishing the same silverware or <laughs> looking at the same wall or vacuuming. My house is so clean. My house will never be this clean again. Okay. I, I tell you, Robin, you know, Robin, my wife, 10 o'clock at night last night, she's got the vacuum cleaner. Oh, no. I said, Rob, what? Uh, you know, just to chime in on that note, like, enough already, enough. Turns out the walls in my house need to be painted. <laughs> so uh, oh, we, okay. we've reached that point. Then you need to be quarantined for at least another week. <laughs> the the honeydew list never ends. Uh, Joe, real quick uh, question here for you. We've been kind of trying to fill that void of live sports. We've been broadcasting Madden games, and the uh, the three of us have been doing play by play. You, of course, were uh, in the booth, one of the all time great three-man booths. What advice do you have to us calling football in a three-man booth? Okay. This is very important. Say things in sound bites. Don't talk over a play. Like I hear some people do. <laughs> I won't mention a name, <laughs> um, but, but don't talk over, allow your play-by-play partner to set the stage and then comment on what you see. Don't guess what you think you're going to see because you've already seen the game because it's on Madden. Okay? <laughs> so don't say, hey, you know what? I think this is a really a great opportunity for uh, for for Aaron to throw the ball deep. You already saw it. You've been playing the game for how long? So don't uh, make it make it fun. Come on. You know what? And if you do, come up with something else. You know that's the neat thing. Watch the game, but look for different things that you wouldn't normally talk about you know, the obvious pass, the obvious run, you know, the block by the offensive line, the block by the receiver, you know, the, the line, the alignment of the, you know, just something that us fans would be interested in. And I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be fun to do it. I really do. I think I've, I've always, I've always wanted to create, I always, I've always wanted to do a game. Uh, not that I were uncensored. Oh yeah. Oh, in yeah. other words, we're uncensored. You know, you're just you're broadcast. You're broadcasting a game, and it's like a bunch of guys sitting around, just yes, guy talking, saying things about. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this guy did this or the ref did that or whatever. That's, oh man, and I guarantee. You, and by the way, you guys, I'm on record now. So if a show comes out and I have to sue them for the rights to it. Um, we know that it first happened here right? on your podcast. We'll, we'll definitely don't watch our feeds at 5 p.m. Pacific today yeah. because we're going to be doing the first game. Uh, oh no! Which, which game? What are you doing? No, we're we're doing what you're describing. The three of us calling games, having bets on the we're, game. We're drinking whiskey. Yeah, we're, we're letting the computers play the computers on Madden. It's a whole thing. The uh, fourth quarter is going to be fun. It's going to be yes. It's going to be exciting. What? People are going to have to imagine what the fourth quarter is like because they'll have absolutely no idea what you're saying. It, it is a marathon, not a sprint. You yeah, are correct. It's blurred. Now, Joe, I got to ask you one more thing, man. Look, I grew up in the DC area. My dad, brothers, all diehard Redskin fans, diehard Joe Theismann fans. I have a jersey of you from back when I was like seven years old. Oh, now, thank you. Now they they want me to ask you though, why is Joe Jacoby not in the Hall of Fame? And your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, I I just I can't understand it. It just it baffles my mind. I mean, Joe has had. Joe has had some of the greatest players in this game defensively, the Randy Whites, the, the Lawrence Taylors. These guys have all written letters on his behalf talking about how great he was. Statistically, he was on what, four cha- three championships. Um, you know, the amount of sacks he gave up and the, the offensive records that were set. It is, it is an injustice to, I think, professional football to not have Joe Jacoby in the hall of fame. I, I, I do not understand it. It makes no sense to me. 
if anybody deserves to be there, and everybody that's there deserves to be there, I'll say that. But Joe Jacoby certainly deserves to be among the greatest that ever played this game. He is a Hall of Famer. The only thing that's missing is the jacket in the ring. And I think and I hope that'll be rectified soon. Well, Joe, appreciate you calling in. Uh, make sure you give uh, Joe a follow on Twitter at Theisman7 and head over to Amazon. And yeah, head and over the book. Right. The head book. over to Amazon. Pre order it. Yeah. Gotta be a champion every day. There you go. Appreciate your time, Joe. I have read a number of books during quarantine. I'm definitely going to pick it up. Great chatting with you, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I enjoy the living day. Like and by the way, day. you're the best quarterback ever because you returned punts and wore one more face mask. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, Tom Brady. Come at me. <laughs> Thanks again, Joe. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. Awesome, awesome interview with Joe Theisman. Make sure you check out his book. Uh, I know I'm going to be heading over to Amazon, pre ordering that thing right away. And while you're on the old uh, computer, make sure you check out Ace Per Head. That's right. Thinking of uh, picking up a job right now? What about starting your own sports book? UFC action right around the corner. You could be booking that. NFL win totals are out. You could be taking action on that. Plus, they even have uh, their own online casino. And Ace, they make it super easy. You don't have to. You don't have to know much. You don't have to know how to build your own website or start your own sports book. They take care of the heavy lifting, plus top-notch customer support, going twenty-four-seven. Some of the sharpest lines in the industry, mobile wagering, in-game wagering. They got it all over at Ace. And if you use our link, aceperhead.com/sgp, get up to six weeks free. That's aceperhead.com/sgp. The way we were talking with uh, Joe Theismann felt like maybe, maybe we get a fourth man in the booth. He seems perfect, dude. Definitely as, as a as a celebrity announcer for <laughs> sorry, Colby <Med> Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, we may have to yeah. upgrade hey. the database. Hey, uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'm okay with that. I'll back up a guy that returned punts and had a one bar face mask up until like 1986. That's there, there's a, there's an awesome photo of uh, of Joe Theismann in training camp. Just like shirtless, wearing like this gold chain, and I just imagine a meme where it's like the guy, uh, like you versus the guy she told you not to worry about, and you is Colby's photo, and the guy <laughs> they said don't worry about is shirtless, gold chain Joe Theismann. Awesome character, a uh, lot of laughs, and, and some great insight. And it was awesome to have him settle a couple of the disputes. Of course, he correctly said. Tom Brady is the goat, and he he pushed back on me saying Jalen Hurts. Can I not talk a good about pick. the Brady thing? Because he uh, he did bring up a good point by saying he had so many different players. But I would push back, and I didn't have enough time to say this. Saying he had the same offense over twenty years or whatever long his career was. So don't oh. don't save it for Joe Theismann <laughs> round two. <laughs> Jesus, just another just another in the epic well, saga of podcasts where one Jersey legend talks to another. <laughs> Joe Theismann was inducted into the Jersey Hall of Fame 2011. So maybe uh, maybe we can get Kramer in well, there and uh, one day. And let's be honest, uh, maybe I was wrong about Elway. Maybe I was wrong about Brady. Theismann's the best quarterback ever, right? Uh, well, he w he came on the show, so that. <laughs> Skyrockets him. Does he rankings. have any state championship rings in New Jersey? Because because your boy oh, real oh money Kramer man. does. Oh man! Look, look Just at pull it back the yeah. curtain to touch. Well, as always, guys, appreciate you checking out the podcast. Appreciate you supporting the podcast. Things are uh, things are bleak out there in the world, but we're holding the fort down strong, keeping the free content train going, and of course, the coal that drives the train 
is you, the listener. So throw us that five star review, throw us that five star rating. And again, uh, stay tuned. Madden Mayhem every night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 5 p.m. early game, 7 p.m. late game. Of course, those times are Pacific for the Sports Game Life Podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. Great chat with Joe Kramer. Let it ride.